This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you. A reminder that coming up tomorrow is the second gubernatorial forum. I'll be inside the room and I'll be live tweeting at Bill Bartholomew. Plus, I'll provide some kind of wrap-up podcast. Probably something like I did last time. Um, Well, last time it was like 10 o'clock at night. So I had the entire day to stew on it. I'll probably go in to the studio right after the the debate and and put together some kind of analysis episode for you um, on Friday. So look for that. Another bonus episode coming this Friday. But today we're talking about something that's critically important that we've certainly discussed on this program several times before, and that is mental health. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I wanted to make sure we had a chance to do a specific episode and kind of go outside of the field of like clinicians and, you know, the the expertise on that side of things, which we certainly um, have had ample time to get into and we will continue to. But today I welcome in Kevin Kearns. He's an author. He's a fitness coach and a motivational speaker, and he's somebody who's been through severe struggles with mental health, and you'll hear his story today here on the podcast. It's quite compelling, and I think it raises the awareness that this can impact anybody. This can impact anybody, and I think that if you are honest about the severity of the mental health challenges we face as a, as a community, as a species right now, you would understand that this is a major, if not the major issue of our time in so many ways, right? And there's a lot of remedies that are effective and there are some things that are probably more dismissive and that's really for you to decide, I guess, right? Everybody's different. Everybody has a unique approach to this kind of stuff. But, you know, I can say for sure that um, one of the biggest things to be able to do, at least in our lifetime, will be to destigmatize and normalize conversations around wellness and mental health and that it's it is not an indication of weakness to do so but rather the the opposite it's an indication of really power so if nothing else i think that's um that's one of the themes that we have today remember you can email me bill at ripodcast.com and i will be reading some of your emails on the air here as we move deeper and deeper into election season. It's like, I feel like we're like slowly getting there, like to the point where the the, the focus of the podcast is going to turn shortly to almost entirely the election. Um, we've been pretty much there in a, for, for the last several weeks, but it'll get almost entirely there coming up in short time. So um, I, I want to get you involved. You know, I, during COVID-19, well, the, the, we're still, certainly still in COVID-19 as we see. Um, no question about it. But during the initial periods of COVID-19, the chaotic first year, really, that was something that was really important to me was our relationship between you, the listeners, and me as a host and reporter, being able to get your feedback on things, get your questions, whether it was specific to public health, specific to small business, specific to just freaking out and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, I want to take that same sort of platform and put it into the election coverage. So again, email me, bill at ripodcast.com. You can tweet at me at Bill Bartholomew as well. Support for Bartholomew Town comes from Pure Vita Labs. Visit purevitalabs.com and by Commonwealth Care Alliance, now delivering uncommon care to Rhode Island. And PVD Fest coming to Providence June 10th through 12th 
And by the way, you can catch me performing on June 11th, Saturday, June 11th at 2 o'clock on one of the uh, big downtown stages. Plus, catch Bartholomew Town every Saturday at 3 o'clock on 99.7 FM and AM 630 WPRO. All right, so May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and you know there's so many different aspects to this. There's so many different ways to evaluate it from a clinical standpoint, from an on-the-ground experiential standpoint. You know, a lot of people still deal with the stigma surrounding mental health. Um, others have been able to break through that. And joining us today is Kevin Kearns, who is a, a personal coach, an author, a motivational speaker, to talk about the importance of number one recognizing, discussing, and, and, you know, just dealing with, um, mental health challenges, but then also the personal experience that you've had in this, this space. So welcome to the podcast and, uh, let's get right into it. Thanks Billy and listeners. And, you know, people uh, years ago when I started doing all the, I've been doing personal fitness coaching, corporate wellness, and working with, um, my claim to shame, as I call it, (laughs) for lack of a better word is, my business was built on working with 15 UFC fighters. So mm-hmm. I came into UFC, right time, right place with this coach, Mark Delagrati, who's the number one pretty much fight coach, or I should say striking coach on the planet. And it just, I was in the right place, right time. And uh, when you look at that, it just kind of took off. But little did I know, what people didn't know is there was a lot of bad stuff going on behind the scenes. My marriage was falling apart. My ex-wife now uh, started drinking. So things were really going, really going rough. And at the same time, I was trying to do everything I could to build a business, build a business and mental health. Now, I mean, my big thing now, my big mission, my first mission when I got my degree in exercise physiology was to help. My goal was to help end obesity one step, one person at a time through every possible media channel. Now, as you know, when you look at addiction, not to go back and forth, but addiction, mental illness, it all rolls together, right? It all rolls together. And why do people become addicts? Because they can't get right with themselves or the world. And what's the easiest addiction? The easiest addiction is food. You don't need a license, right? Anybody can go in and start eating, right? Now, fast forward, I wrote my first book, Always Pick Last, because people look at me like, wow, you're an athlete. I made myself into an athlete. I was the kid that sucked at every sport, was picked on every day. Then I had a life-changing event. My father died of alcoholism when I was 12. So imagine being 21 at 12. You know, I saw my dad's ring on. Imagine, and you're a young man, right, Bill? What are you, 28? Oh, I'm actually, well, thank you. I'm 37, actually, but I'll, oh, I'll take it. I'm, I'm 55 and alive. And um, yep. my, dad, my dad died at 48, Bill. 48. Yeah. From alcoholism, too. Liver failure. Great guy, but he drank too much. But you look at the, those transitions where people get depressed, they drink. People get depressed, they eat. People get to, it's all connected, right? It's just all connected. My marriage was going downhill. My business was taken off. The divorce was, blo- imagine knowing somebody for 30 years and it just got bloody and messy and it cost me over $100,000. So you, you know, you probably know friends or maybe you're divorced, but you know people that have been divorced and it's messy, right? It's never clean. It's never clean. I have one friend who's the number one, number one DJ in Boston. He, he found out what happened to me and he says, I got divorced amicably and I needed therapy because it's a failure, right? It's a failure. Sure. And then you have all the resentments come on and everything else. It was must, bloody messy, the whole nine yards. And I didn't realize the stigma I had towards mental illness, you know, because 
people call me Coach Currents. I've I've written columns for five MMA magazines. I had 15 fighters for the UFC. I'm going out to UFC events, walking out to the ring. People call me coach. You know, they're doing all this, you know, uh, coach you this, you that. Presented all over the world, Okinawa, UK. I'm thinking it's all in my head. It's all in my head. It's all in my head. I don't need help. Was I wrong? Yeah. So yeah. I got sick. And now imagine this. You're, you're married for years. You know the same person for 30 years. Now you go 50-50 with kids. You're living in 3,300 square feet, your greenhouse with, 20, with two and a half acres. Now you go to 1,100 square feet. You have your kids 50-50. And are you a father, Bill? I am not. Okay. Imagine, imagine going from being a father to all of a sudden 50-50. You're not a father one weekend. You're like, what, what do I do with myself? Yeah. What? And then to top it off, trying to date again at 50? Ugh. Ugh. You know, just yeah. <laughs> Awful. Just awful. All that kind of piled up. I didn't know what overwhelmed was. I mean, I've been overwhelmed. My father died when I was 12. And I literally went, I had no lie. I had a funeral every year after my father died for the next 10 years. Mm. Do you know what that's like? That's a, that's a lot of um, mental and emotional taxation that as soon as you start to get through the grieving process, it re- reinvigorates itself and boom. And you're talking uncles dying from cancer. The worst one was my cousin, Georgie, who we had a very big family. We had 31 first cousins. What do you want? Irish Catholic, right? Anyway, that's another subject. (laughs) I had a close cousin named Georgie, one of my close cousins. He was 18. He got involved in drugs. I'm 15. Two hours after Christmas, somebody put a bullet in his head in a phone booth for a bad drug deal. I mean, that's, and then you go to a funeral and you see where they filled it in. Oh, I mean, why is this open? Yeah. You know, and that mess, I mean, talk about trauma, talk about PTSD. You know, I had incidences where I had some anxiety with women I was with and I was like eating this, that, and the other thing I wasn't eating and I didn't really identify it. And now exercise, I got into martial arts when I was 13 after my father died, got into fitness, got into strength training, and then ended up going into exercise physiology, which I never had a plan. My first client was 1987. You're 37, right? That's right. I've been training people since for 36 years now. 36 years. 1987, trainers are all over the place now. Coach, fitness coaches are all over the place. I was like one of the first ones. Yeah. So fast forward, I'm living the high life. I've got DVDs in the market. They're taking off. Managers falling apart, get divorced. And then I started getting sick. My ex is a nurse, high-level nurse. She used my mental illness, mental health, well, mental illness against me, convinced my kids to move out permanently. Now I'm like not even a father. So I literally put a knife to my throat on 12, 22, 19 and thought it was like the movies, one cut and done. Didn't happen. Then it was like surreal. And I went, what do, I'm like, what did I just do? Patch myself up. The next day, I try to find a spot, 12, 23, 19 on the Tobin Bridge to jump off. A state trooper pulled me over. He knew I wasn't right. Now, it, it just progressed. You know, I've never, I'm always, everybody knows me as a positive person, but I never told anybody what's going on. And then thank God my therapist committed me. And I said, I'm not going to Norwood Hospital. I want to go to McLean. And they saved my life. I got in, it's in my book, There's Light in the Tunnel, How to Survive the Threat of Depression. I found out about ECT therapy, electroconvulsive therapy. It saved me. Usually 12 treatments, you start feeling better. Three treatments, I turned the corner. To the point where now they have a program they've been doing for about five years now called Deconstructing the Stigma. They just interviewed me the other day. They want me on the team. So my big mission is get out there now, lectures, workshops, TEDx, and tell people we have to end the stigma. We call it in one of my chapters, it's called the hidden wound. 
right? If you break your arm, oh, what happened to your arm? If you say you're depressed, you're anxious, you have suicidal ideation and PTSD, people are like, whoa, I don't want to talk to you. But how do you heal something if you don't talk about it? Yeah. And your story is so compelling because as you said, you know, you, you, you're in a position where things are going well from the outside looking in, in terms of your career, in terms of, you know, the work that you're doing, in terms of your, you know, you're just, a, you, you appear fit and healthy and, and you have things moving in the direction that many people would find desirable. And then at the same time, this storm is churning underneath the surface, beneath the surface, and ultimately leads you to this, this dark moment or extended moment, really, that fortunately culminated with intervention and, and perhaps a bit of luck and perhaps a bit of, you know, just the stars aligning that frankly, it didn't work for you. And then that state trooper and the, and the, with the, the, the knife and the state trooper was there on the Tobin bridge, all that. But we're in a point now, Kasim Yarn, the director of veterans affairs here in Rhode Island is, is someone who's experienced a lot. And he has a state, a, 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 I guess, a phrase that he'll constantly use speaking to veterans and speaking to anybody who, who is interested in this, that it's okay to not be okay. You know, I'd love to meet him. Please put me in contact with him because I, for the past year when COVID started, I started what's called a fit first responder program. I'll go out and do lectures anywhere from law enforcement, military, all of it. We've been doing a ton of work with military and law enforcement for years. And we, a lot of it is free, free. And then I give them access to my app free for life because Who's, who's got the worst job? The front line. Yeah. The front line's got the worst job. And then those guys, because let's just face facts here. As men, we're told what? Suck it up. Suck it up. You know, it's not that bad. Suck it up. Well, guess what? When it's like a cement overcoat, where you feel like the world's crushing you, it's bad. And then the law enforcement, you tell people you have a mental problem, oh, you're on the rubber gun squad. Military, to date, I don't know if you saw the recent... Uh, the recent CDC guidelines, CDC stats for last year. Last year, 15 to 44-year-olds, leading cause of death was overdose. Second leading cause of death was suicide. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay. And, oh, here's the even better one. The sixth leading cause of death, 15 to 44-year-olds, liver failure. Yeah. Look what happened last year. We have a, we have a Facebook page, a LLC, no, not LLC, uh, a nonprofit called Reach Out, Reset, Recharge. We have our own Facebook page. That was started with Joe Gemma, Scott Amaral, because Matt Beltrami, who was the head mental health officer for the entire state of Rhode Island, jumped off the Newport Bridge last year in April. And he used to say, reach out, reset, recharge. I mean, think about those guys. They get PTSD every day, you know? And look at, look at, look at all the stuff that happened. Would you want to be a police officer right now? Have to wear a camera so people don't throw you underneath the bus? It's hard. It's horrendous. Yeah, it's a rough time for so many people and across so many different sectors. But as you said, if you're on the front line and you're confronting this type of, of stuff on a regular basis, it just exacerbates everything. I guess your experiences, in, in plural, your experiences that, that culminated in recognizing that you, are, you had challenges that were significant, entering therapy, ultimately being able to start a pathway towards recovery. What's your message to anybody out there right now that is, um, you know, struggling, but afraid for one reason or another, whether it's stigma or whatever it is to seek the type of help that they should need. Great question, Bill. I'll tell them simply. First thing I always tell people, you matter. Remember that you matter. 
Second thing, you're not alone. Stop thinking you're alone. Everybody is, there are people here that want you here, okay? Last thing, find help. I don't care if it's a priest. I don't care if it's a rabbi. I don't care who it is. Seek help. The last concept is the tattoo on my chest because I'm a Thai boxer from Stit Yatong, Mark Delgrati School. Sumbak, Sumbam. Be relentless. Whatever you need help for, just be relentless. Keep going. Get, you know, you see this back, and they can't see it, but uh, uh, Rocky, right? Life, sure. life hits you pretty hard, right? Life's going to hit you harder than anything else. And you know what happens? It ain't how hard you can get hit. It's how hard you're going to, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Don't get stuck in the wake of your life. That's less, that's left behind the boat. It's left behind the boat. There was a great movie. You were a young man then, but Mr. Berger, who's on probably remembers this, Cannonball Run. I don't know if you remember the movie. Probably not, right? I don't know. Not off the top of my head. Early I- 80s movie, real quick. They're, put, they're supposed to drive from like San Fran to, to New York and whoever gets there first, all these high-end cars. The entire driver gets in the car with his co-pilot, okay? And he takes the, the pilot, the, 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 the driver takes out the rearview mirror and throws it out the window. And the Italian driver, the, the co-pilot looks at him and goes, why are you doing that? The driver says, does not matter. What does behind me does not matter. Only what is in front of me. Hmm. Keep your head where your feet are. Seek help. Find friends. Exercise. Like we've got a thing on Facebook right now for the past month, Mental Health Motivational Muscle Minute. Our three pillars, proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper mindset programming. Yeah. Nutrition's a big one. I mean, that's, I I can say personally, you know, I've, I've been a vegetarian now for 23 years, Congratulations. But, I, but I found out that I wasn't doing it properly. And then I became even more so I became vegan gluten-free during the pandemic, even more so realized, man, the nutritional balance, it, when you eliminate dairy and never mind meat, all of a sudden you realize, wow, are my, am I, are my supplements correct? Am I hydrating enough? How do I get proper protein? All of these things completely impact mental health. There's no question about it. No, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I tell people, I go, if you're eating, the, do you know what the number one addiction is in the world? Sugar. I would get sugar. Yeah. Yep. And what does that do? It raises your endorphins the whole bit. Well, guess what exercise does? Raises your endorphins. Right. And we call it a pattern interrupt. Do a minute of exercise, deep breathing, something. Like I'm, my whole things are martial arts, conditioning. Yoga. I'm a huge yoga nut now, 14 years, at least three to five days a week. And what, why do they bring yoga in? You know what yoga was? Yoga means mind-body connection, unity. And the reason they created yoga 50,000 years ago, because people could not sit with their own thoughts. They had to go through postures. That's why I'm over at Woods Yoga in Lincoln with Anthony DeLugio. You know, I, I, I can't, it's, it's, it's like, I, I can't not get it. You know, I can't yeah. not get it. And with diet, I had a homeopath, Mark McCullough, teach me. I'm on a rotating taxonomy diet. I constantly rotate my foods, constantly rotate my foods, you know, and, and back off. Alcohol is not going to make you feel good for a long time. You know, it's, it's, it's a depressant yeah. but they, or coffee, right? Ten years ago, they did five, ten years ago, they did a study. Do you know when Apple has the same effect on your nervous system and in your body as a cup of coffee? but it doesn't affect your heart rate. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. I can see it. I, it makes sense in, in theory. Absolutely. Well, the, 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 and it's not artificial, right? So it's not going to artificially raise your heart rate, but the feeling from the coffee of getting that energy, like if, if I'm presenting and somebody sees me eating an apple, like, oh crap, Coach Kearns is eating an apple. We're done now. Because I'm like, 
I'm like on. I'm yeah. like, I make coffee nervous and I don't drink any. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Kearns, he's a, uh, an author, fi- a fitness coach, motivational speaker. Where can people find the book? They can find the book on Amazon. It's called There's Light in the Tunnel, How to Survive and Thrive with Depression. My first book is Always Pick Last. They want to check my website out, burn, B-U-R-N-W-I-T-H-K-E-A-R-N-S.com. And I'm old school, Bill. 508-404-8503. I answer my phone. That's why I have a phone. There it is. Wow. They're putting out the number right there to uh, the big audience. Hello. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, I'm not a therapist. I tell people I'm not a professional therapist. I'm a mental health advocate. And I will recommend people right away. Somebody reached out to me over the weekend. To date, when I came forward about my stuff, I've saved 21 people from committing suicide over the past two years. 21. Some I knew, some I didn't know. We put out a post on Facebook when my, my, uh, my marketing coach, my business coach, Steve Whittier from SBG, told me, he goes, put out something hard. So I talked about it. Five minutes, I talked about my depression. 2,000 views in one day. I've got 5,000 people on my Facebook. That means, that means half of my audience. My phone rang off the hook. Yeah. Can you talk to my son? Can you talk to my daughter? Can you talk to... Yeah, It's, it's the major issue of our times. No it, question about it. it. You know what? I appreciate that, Bill. People say, oh, COVID's the pandemic. No. Know what the pandemic is? The epidemic? The epidemic is mental illness. It's up 27%. Veterans, you probably do a lot of work with veterans. It was 22 a day. I heard the other day from somebody, it's 36 a day now. Yeah, it's outrageous. Outrageous. Uh, outrageous. And, yeah. and the ones that are on, that, that are active duty, I'm um, talking to Donna Scaretti. Her daughter's in a unit that's active now. Three, three, two, three months ago in New York. Uh, excuse me. I think it was uh, Georgia. I forget the name of the base. Four suicides in one month. Four. Yeah, totally unacceptable. And there's... You know, it comes down to just the intervention and the compassion and, and keeping this dialogue going. And that's why Mental Health Awareness Month, it's like any of these months, if you will, that it needs to just be in perpetuity. It's not, it's not a month. It's, it's one of those things. It's just got to be constantly discussed. The stigma has to go. And it is not a sign of weakness. It is actually a sign of strength to address it. I appreciate that. And I'll close with this for all those men out there or anybody that's affected. Vulnerability is strength. Vulnerability is strength. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is having to do with it. You have to do it in the face of fear. And sometimes that fear is talking about what you can't talk about, what you don't want to talk about. It's okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. And it's okay. Support Bartholomew Town by visiting patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town or click the support link wherever you're listening right now.